Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, by the way, data does show that this broadcast is heard in over 80 countries around the world, covering over 1,000 cities. So no matter where you are, we certainly say thank you very much for listening. And 70 to 80% of our listeners are right here in the U.S. of A. Now, as public relations professionals, we all depend on quality resources to better prepare for our projects and a method to determine the effectiveness of those projects. One of the more prominent quality resources is Burrell's. Founded in 1888, Burrell's is one of the most trusted and credible partners in the media data services industry. Burrell's provides targeted media outreach, comprehensive monitoring, and measurement services. Their analytics gives you the ability to quickly assess industry trends and extract valuable insights. You can build media contact lists based on beat, location, and media type. You can create and distribute press releases, templates, and media alerts using the accurate global database of over 860,000 contacts. And they offer comprehensive media monitoring services. Well, it's no surprise. My guest today is Tressa Robbins. Tressa is Vice President of Customer Onboarding for Burrells, and she joins us today from Piedmont, Missouri. Tressa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Peter. It's good to be here today with you. Look, uh, first of all, tell us what does the Vice President of Customer Onboarding do? Yeah, my, my primary responsibility is to, as soon as someone comes on board with Burrells and subscribes to whichever services they are to, then I am sort of the first touch point for that client to train them first, well, first to kind of have a conversation with them about how they intend to use the data and whatever whatever it is that we're doing for them, whether it's monitoring or measurement or, or whatnot, and then train them on how to use the existing tools that are in place to best fulfill their needs. Um, which is why those conversations always start with questions. Even though they've already signed on board, it helps me target sort of their, their training toward the parts of the portal and tools that will best serve them rather than trying to cover everything, which can be a little overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my primary responsibility. I do have some secondary and tertiary responsibilities that I've taken on and in the past couple years, but the, the core is new customer onboarding. Okay. Well, let's start with targeted media outreach. Tell us exactly how that works because you say that you have 860,000 contacts around the globe? That is correct. Um, at, at one point, I believe it was over a million, but as we all know, um, in the last couple few years, especially during the global pandemic, the, the news media has taken a pretty big hit as far as newsrooms closing and, and consolidating and things. But in addition to removing contacts, we have also added a significant number of contacts. So it's not all bad news for, for traditional media. However, in that 
database, which is kind of where that usually starts is with subscribing to the database, there are not just those traditional print and broadcast journalists, but it also includes online media. And some online media has a print or broadcast counterpart. Some does not. Some is, is, are solely online. It also includes influencers. Typically those are not what you think of like social media influencers so much, but more industry influencers in whatever that, that vertical is and can include bloggers and industry analysts as well. So it really is comprehensive in being able to, for the client to be able to find those contacts that are really pertinent. Well, considering that uh, podcasts are part of that outreach now, uh, do you include podcast shows as part of your listing? We do. We do. We, it's been a recent addition as podcast has taken off, also during the pandemic, as I'm sure you and your listeners are well aware. We have started adding podcasts. We monitor podcasts, too, which I know we'll get to in a moment. So we're still building up that podcast side. But yes, we do have a, a pretty good number in there now and are continuing to add to that. Mm -hmm. And I can say uh, uh, directly that at least in the last year or so, I've certainly been getting calls and pitches or email pitches from organizations that uh, specialize in placing uh, guests on, on podcasts. And I, I'm not going to call names, about one or two of them have been a wee <laughs> bit inaccurate because they know I only talk about uh, uh, public relations here. So if you are you know, selling flowers or tractors, then <laughs> I'm not the person you should be calling. So, Sure. Well, and that actually brings up a really good point um, in that in the database that we provide, it doesn't just supply names and, and emails and phone numbers and that kind of thing. It also includes like the 20 most recent tweets that person has sent, which often gives an idea of what that person is thinking and talking about at any given moment in time. It also includes links to recent articles they've written, links to their other social media profiles, and even some background information. Mm -hmm. So it allows the person to really use their, their head and not just rely on these blanket searches, which, as you just described, can come up with very erroneous results, mm -hmm. which, which means that you're wasting time, and no one in this business or any others, I suppose, want to uh, waste their, their valuable time or their clients' valuable time. Well, considering the fact that uh, you're know, like over 800,000 contacts, how often do you update that information, and how often and how is that information transmitted to the people who are your clients using that particular service? Very good question. It's really in, it's a never-ending process. It's constantly being updated, um, literally on a daily basis, thousands of updates are made. For, for the most part, the, the larger media outlets are going to be more frequently updated than maybe some of those smaller ones. But the majority of the updates are made proactively through our own monitoring of changes in the media. You know, if we, if we see a certain person who's been writing for this outlet, now they're writing or broadcasting for another, you know, we need to find out, are they now freelancing? Are they a contributor? Or did they change news outlets? Whatever that might be. Also, because email, direct email distribution is included in that database, 
we're alerted really quickly when there is something like a bounce back indicating that someone might no longer be there. Mm-hmm. And so those are followed up on. And then, of course, just following various global news feeds. And then they are actually reached out to directly. Um, We don't rely on any other information. We reconfirm everything with those particular individuals. And and just as as a kind of a a point of reference for for an example, um, I believe in the month of May there were something like 170,000 edits and verifications of records made. And that's not even counting who was removed or who was added and, and all those kind of things. So it's a massive undertaking, and as I said, (laughs) never-ending. Well, I can imagine with uh, that many people spread across the globe that uh, you've got your hands full. There's no question about that. Certainly. Now, about the wide range of types of organizations that are using this media outreach, are we talking about governments, universities, uh, those? What sort of organizations are, are using that? I always find that really interesting, Peter, because it, while certainly you know large public relations agencies, large brands, Fortune 1000 companies, those you you sort of expect to be monitoring and, and out you know reaching out to the media on behalf of their brand or organization or, or client in the in the case of the firms, but we find that there are lots of other types of companies that are using these services in slightly non-traditional public relations or media relations ways. So I don't know if there really is a typical client. I I guess, you know, obviously it's predominantly going to be those in the PR and media relations industries. But but I'm always surprised by different ways that people are, are looking for and using that. And sometimes it's things like they want to submit a an actual contributed article rather than just pitching someone as an expert in a particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's lots of different ways that people are using it. Well, that, that's good to hear. Now, your monitoring services, once those press releases and articles and so forth have gone out, folks need to see who's picking up, up and using them. So how does your monitoring service work? There's, it works in a couple of different ways. And we have multiple options that, that really get rather extensive because we really believe that it should be a consultative service. Certainly people can come on board and just say, here's what we want you to monitor, and you know, here's what we want you to not monitor, and that kind of thing. But we also act as counsel to those folks because sometimes – they may want to monitor one thing, but they may start finding that there are other things out there that they really should know about. So it's, it's a combination, to, to specifically answer the question, it's a combination of Boolean search logic, artificial intelligence, and then layered on top of that, we offer curated services, which is what Burrell's has historically been known for, especially on the print side despite all the uh, rhetoric about the news is dying, um, there still are an awful mm-hmm. lot of people that care about print. Right. <laughs> but we do so much more than that, which I think sometimes is, is also forgotten. You know, folks of a certain age always knew Burrell's as, as the print clipping people, but we certainly have not stayed that over the years. So between the Boolean logic and searching art, some artificial intelligence to help screen particular stories or broadcasts, 
then we can layer on top of that human editors who will look through it you know, with human logic that only humans can do and re-verify and make sure this is exactly what that client is looking for. So that they're not wasting a lot of time with a massive amount of irrelevant or unrelated media. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when I think of monitoring or looking for something, I'm going straight to Google to look for it, type it in there, and hope that it pops up. But there are actually other search engines available to folks. Probably uh-huh. people don't think about them, but uh, do you use other search engines, and how many d- might you use in terms of doing your searches? Well, we actually have aggregated feeds that get fed directly to us. We go so far beyond Google searches. I think I can't remember now what the most recent uh, statistics are is how many actual media outlets Google News brings back, but it is literally a single-digit percentage of the amount that that Burrell's is combing through on a daily basis. Mm. So it's not that we're going out and actively searching the web per se. It's that we're using aggregated feeds from companies that do just that. And then we also have our own proprietary feeds and sources that we go to. So it's a combination. So, again, we're looking at monitoring uh, television, radio, online services, podcasts. Those are the ones that I think about right now. Uh, so I mentioned social media. So all of those are included right. in, in monitoring. That's correct. Uh, they can be. Some, not everyone always wants all of those. Okay. So that's another way that we can customize things. Some people think they can find this stuff online on their own. We often find they're not finding a lot of it, but, but that's okay. If that's their choice, we can do just print or we can do just broadcast or we can do very comprehensive, as you described, which is most forms of media that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess it depends on the organization. Some people might want to do this for various reasons, um, maybe TV stations because they want to be on top of news. But Suppose there's an organization that only needs monitoring for one particular thing. Maybe they just had a major event or announcement or creation or whatever. Can they do it on a one-time basis, or how how do you set that up? Yeah, they can. Um, You know, usually news trickles in, even if it's a rather large event or announcement, may land in the bigger media on a certain day or week, but then may get picked up by smaller outlets or get discussed on podcasts or on social media later when it, you know, when it becomes a little more known out there. I've seen that happen so many times. So usually it's a three-month minimum. We can do less than that. Certainly the, the economies of scale dictate that they're going to get better pricing and probably better results over longer terms. Mm-hmm. But we certainly can do those, those one-off events or things. And, and we have clients who come back to us every year just for a particular event that happens, let's say, in the summer, since, of course, that's when a lot of public events happen, pre-COVID anyway, and, and that are starting to come back now in parts of the country. And so they'll come on for just a few months, and they'll monitor ahead of it and then also after, through it and after it, which is, honestly the best way to do it so Mm -hmm. that they're picking everything up 
leading up to it and then again during it and afterwards. Well, uh, now that you've mentioned the fact that uh, they want to look at the results, so let's talk about the measurement sides of, of things. Mm-hmm. How do you go about doing that uh, in these various areas that, that you uh, look into? Sure. Well, I think pretty much all monitoring services out there offer some sort of automated measurement and analytics, and, and Burrell's is no different in that respect. Things can be, um, once they're put into one of the portals that we provide, you can pull all those basic, I don't even like to call them metrics, but basic figures, things like circulation or unique monthly visitors or you know, reach or location. Sometimes that's very important, that kind of thing. But then I think where Burrell's really excels is in customized media measurement and metrics. That allows the client again, whether it's a brand or or in-house or or agency, to get really specific about what they need. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it is gaining competitive insights and they need to hear, share a voice or see that, whether it's maybe a deeper understanding of topics and issues or gauging brand awareness and sentiment, or, you know, a big thing now, especially for those in the health industry and in the travel industry, they're kicking back up, is monitoring for and combating misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation, as I'm now hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of those other things may not matter to that particular company. They need those insights and they need targeted insights. And again, through a combination of artificial intelligence with human analysts with years of experience, we're able to provide custom measurement, reporting, graphs, charts, whatever it is that they need. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think about, uh, you know, you mentioned certain areas, but in just in terms of percentages of of industries that, that use you, um, in terms of government, uh, I think when I think about education, I think about colleges and universities, businesses, travel. Mm-hmm. What? How have you looked at the, where the largest percentages of your business comes from in terms of industries? You know, I have not personally. I'm sure someone within the organization has has a beat on that. I don't because I'm typically training them after the fact. I would say that PR agencies, small and large, are probably the the biggest chunk, but they could be representing all different kinds of industries. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of travel brands. We have entertainment brands. Education, as you mentioned, is also a big one. But we even have organizations like, you know, historical societies or tourism and and government agencies. And we did used to sort of split those up where people handled certain verticals, but we found that there is so much that they that where they overlap that that's not necessarily necessary. Mm-hmm. So we can adapt. Most of us have been here a long time, so. We've kind of seen it all, <laughs> although we are occasionally surprised. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know that there's one or two agencies that, that dominate our client base. Okay. 
Well, Tressa, you have provided us with an awful lot of information. Uh, let me ask you, has, have we overlooked anything that you think that the audience should know about Burrells and what they offer? Well, I, I'm a firm believer that the client's needs should dictate the tools that they use and not the other way around, meaning that people often hear a company's name relatively frequently because they do a great job at their own PR and marketing. But that may not, just because they're a bigger name or maybe more well-known because of their presence, they may not be the best solution. So I think it's prudent for people to shop that around a little bit and be specific, not to be afraid to say, here's exactly what I'm looking for. Can you provide that or not? Because we find Sometimes people will disengage with us, go to another company, and only for them to come back several months or, or a year or whatever their contract term was and say, yeah, they, they said they did it, but they, they really don't. And, and we're not afraid to put the proof out there. So I, I just feel like people should really do their due diligence. I think that's a really key component and think about what they need versus what's easier or um, maybe even what's less expensive. You know, one of the things that I think that sort of supports what you've said, when, when you look at an organization that was founded in 1888 and is still yeah. functioning today, that, that speaks volumes, I think. It, it really, really does. I think it does, too. And I think that the, the, the longevity of the employee base here at Burrell's also says a whole lot about the company. I've been here 23 years. I don't know exactly what the average tenure is, but I believe it is around 15 to 20 years, meaning we have people who've been here 30 years. Um, we have very few who've been here under five. So we've been doing this a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously you're good at it too. Obviously. We're still around. We're still kicking. We're still you know, looking forward, we're still making changes, we're always launching new things. We just don't, we are a privately held company, we're not public, so it's not quite as critical to us to make all of those things known to the public, but certainly people contacting us and our clients know, are well aware of, of the uh, advancements we're making. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned launching any new things. Have you launched anything new recently? We actually have, so thank you for asking. We've, we've launched a couple of new things, but probably the most important is a new portal. And people talk about web portals all the time as sort of something that is static, and it's not. We're constantly adding to it. We launched a new portal probably, oh gosh, the years start to run together, Peter, so forgive me. Maybe it was six or seven years ago. And even though we've kept that a growing, living thing, we're still finding that people are moving forward and we have to adapt in order to provide the clients what they need. So the newer portal will allow them to do all that comprehensive monitoring in one place rather than, you know, often you're going to one place for TV and broadcast, you're going to another tool or place for social and so forth. This new one will allow people to either segment it or combine it all so they really get that 360-degree view, which is so critical these days. 
nothing happens in a vacuum or is isolated. Well, it certainly sounds like a great idea to go to one place and get everything you need. That that sounds like efficiency, if, if uh, certainly nothing else, and, uh, you know, saving time. So I'm sure people certainly appreciate that. Absolutely. Time is money. Ta- time is money. <laughs> Well, Tressa, let me say thank you so very, very much for joining us today. Uh, my guest today has been Tressa Robinson. Tressa is the Vice President of Customer Onboarding for Burrells. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Burrells has been around since 1888. So that certainly says a lot about the company and the quality of products and services that, that they offer. So, Tressa, once again, thank you so very, very much. To my listeners, let me say thank you again for listening. And uh, if you've enjoyed it, we'd certainly like to get a review from you. And please tell your listeners and your colleagues about the Public Relations Review Podcast and join us for our very next edition. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Thank mm-hmm. you.